We are continuing our series that we've been looking at over the past couple of weeks. Had a short break last week, but we are continuing our series looking at the uh, encounter of Saul on the road to Damascus and uh, uh, how his story is also seen and resonated in all of our stories as well. We all have a story to share. And uh, the challenge of this series is how do we embrace our story? How do we share our story of the difference that Jesus has made with each, with those around us? Whilst all of our stories are different, if we have come to meet Jesus and know Jesus for ourselves, then we also all share the same story. We've all met with the risen Son of God. We may well have met him in different ways, in different times, in different places, but we've all met the same person. We share the same story. We've all had our lives changed by Jesus. Two weeks ago, we looked at how we, having met Jesus, we continue to grow in a relationship with him as our lives are changed. He starts to, he starts to use us to be agents of his change, bringing his kingdom into our lives and into the lives of those around us. Over the last couple of weeks, we've also taken this opportunity as we think about our stories to hear the stories of other and whilst I, of, of others. And whilst I was on sabbatical, I uh, heard the wonderful stories of the way God has been moving in the uh, um, Utrecht uh, province and in Wendang, where Helen and Witt planted their first church. And today we're going to take the opportunity to again to hear another story of a life of um, Suli in this case. Suli was the first ever Christian in Wendan province. And uh, we're now going to hear Suli's story together this morning. The reason I came to faith in Jesus that I have faith and I felt great about coming to know him because he had changed, transformed my emotions, my thinking. I, I was a hot-tempered and I very sensitive and I uh, easily angry. After I came to know Jesus, Jesus had changed my mind, my thoughts, and I become that uh, that be able to control my anger, like be able to forgive people, and don't take revenge. And so wonderful to come to know Jesus. Life has been transformed. I feel confident and I want to serve him. I want to learn and study about the scriptures and really get to know more and more about, about his word and get closer and intimate with Jesus. Yeah. At the moment, I'm uh, studying and learning the Bible and praying that, and every day I spend time with God. So, since I have met and known uh, with and Helen, that uh, they encouraged me to study the Word of God, and then they came to help me. Uh, uh, all the 
the problems that I have, I uh, find that uh, my problem is uh, I was overwhelmed with my problems. I don't know how to uh, cross over this big mountain, but Helen and Whit they came to help to resolve to resolve the problems and, and things strengthened me. And then most of all that uh, brought me to know Jesus and taught the Bible with and then trained me uh, that I, I have uh, to become a good Christian. felt wonderful about it. So thank you. Wit uh, and Helen gave me opportunity and led me to study the Word of God. Thank you indeed. Thank you, Jesus, that gave me the new life and knowing Him and transforming me and uh, yeah, lots of good things happened. So many good things that come to them. Even though I'm facing um, mountains in my life, problems in my life, but uh, because of Jesus, helped me to uh, to yeah to face uh, the older situation and overcome and yeah be strong stronger than before. Thank you. Him. She wants to study his scriptures that ever since she's met Jesus, she's found a new purpose for her life. That even when she's facing real challenges, and I can tell you, Sudi faces some huge challenges in her life, she knows that Jesus will help her to overcome. Since becoming a Christian, not only has Suli's life changed, but she has also found a new purpose for her life. And what was true for Suli, we will see as we're going, going to turn to God's word now, it was also true for Saul. And so we're going to read together this morning from Acts chapter 9, and we're going to pick up where we left off at the second half of verse 19 and uh, read through to verse 25 tomorrow. So if you've got your Bibles... Uh, feel free to turn with me and uh, follow along as we uh, read together. And um, if not, then the words will be on the screen so you can follow along with uh, us there as well. Um, but Acts 19, start, or Acts 9, for starting at verse 19 and the second half of it. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him, but Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Shall we pray together as we come to think about this um, passage together now? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the story that we have lived to this point. And Lord, we continue to know more of you and to share and reveal more of you throughout the rest of our stories as well. 
And so, Lord, as we live our lives for you, we pray that you will continue to speak to us as we look at this passage together now. Would you come? Would you move? Well, these may not just be my words, but may you be speaking to each one of us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when we last left Saul, things were on the upturn for him. Things were starting to get a bit better. He'd been in a pretty dire place. He was blind, but now he could see again. He'd received the gift of the Holy Spirit. He'd been baptized, and his strength was now returning for him, to him. But the big question for Saul was, he'd met Jesus. He'd had this amazing experience and this amazing encounter, but what next? His life had changed because of his encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road. But what impact was that going to have on him as he lived out the rest of his story and the rest of his life? After Saul met Jesus, he found he had a whole new purpose for his life. But this purpose was not just seen in this one passage and these few verses, but it's that seen throughout the rest of the Bible and I would argue throughout the rest of history. Because of Saul's encounter with Jesus on that road, on the way to Damascus, Saul went on to become the Apostle Paul. And as he stepped out of his newfound purpose, he became one of the most significant Christian leaders the church has ever seen. He shared the good news of Jesus, not just with the Jewish uh, um, community, but he went throughout the whole world sharing the good news of Jesus with everyone. The vast majority of the New Testament is either directly written by Paul himself or has been influenced by him as one of the early apostles. Saul had met Jesus, but the question for his life was, how is he going to step out and live the rest of his life? And this question is one that we need to ask for ourselves as we live our stories uh, with Jesus as well. If we've met Jesus, that's great. But what next? How are we going to respond to living for the rest of our lives and living out the rest of our stories as we live our lives for Jesus? Jesus has a purpose for each and every one of us. The question for us is how do we find that purpose? How do we embrace that purpose? And how do we live it out as a part of our story and share that story with those around us? As Saul starts to get stronger, he starts to live out his purpose by making one wise decision. And that is that he stays put and he gets himself into a community with the fellow believers and the church in Damascus. Saul had got his sight back. He'd got his freedom back. He no longer had to be reliant on other people to help him. Uh, he could have gone off and done whatever he wanted after his visit from Ananias. Um, but Saul, um, instead of just speaking to Judas, whose house he was staying in, and saying, thanks, right, thanks for your help in my time of need. I'm off now. I'm going to go on to my next thing. He decided to take a different course of action. Instead, he stayed put, and we're told in verse 19 and 20 that he got involved with the community in Damascus and stayed with the church there. He spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. 
And this is a helpful thing for all of us who might be searching, what is it that God is wanting us to do? If we're trying to find out what our purpose is, then the first thing we should do is not rush off trying to try out what the next idea that pops into our mind might be. But I can encourage you to do no wiser thing than to get into a community with fellow Jesus followers, to live your life with them, to get close to them, to share your hearts and your dreams and your ideas with them, and grow in community with others. Discipleship can easily become a bit of a buzzword in our churches. And rightly so, it's an important topic. It's an essential part of living out the Christian faith today. But too often, we reduce discipleship down to thinking that it's some well-run program or the job of certain individuals in order to do discipleship in the life of our church. But that's not true. Because true discipleship is done in community. It's rooted in community. This is why we invest in our home groups and why we want to encourage everyone to have the opportunity and to be able to engage with a group of fellow disciples in our church. Because it is in our community as we gather together in smaller groups that we're able to support one another, to nurture one another, to encourage one another, to live out our purpose as we live our lives for Jesus. As I look back at my own story, I'm so grateful for people like Carl and for James and for Pete and for Dom and for Hannah and for Chris and for Matt and so many more who've all been close friends of mine and who've encouraged and challenged me to live out my life and to continue in the purpose that God has laid on my life. Those who have affirmed and advised me if we are to live out our lives with purpose for Jesus, then we need to get into a community of disciples who are going to encourage us and support us and inspire us along that way. So as Saul gets himself into a community of disciples, he then continues to grow in his faith and he automatically, naturally starts to talk about Jesus. As a respected Pharisee, um, there would have been an expectation for Saul to go and preach and teach in the synagogues. This was no breaking news uh, for what might, uh, Saul might have been expected to do during his time in Damascus. However, what was clearly not expected was that Jesus would be going into the synagogues and talking about Jesus and certainly saying that this is the Messiah, the one we've all been waiting for. And this is seen in the reaction of the crowds who've gathered to, to uh, hear him speak. This was the modern day equivalent of Donald Trump saying, let's make America worse again. Or it was the modern day equivalent of Nigel Farage saying, Brexit has been an unmitigated disaster this was someone who deliberately set out and lived his whole life with one cause and was now turning it round to the complete polar opposite. Saul wanted to kill Christians for following Jesus. And now he was saying he'd become one and he wanted other people to become them too, or to become a Christian too, all because of this guy called Jesus. 
It fascinates me that as Saul is preaching in the synagogue, verse 22 tells us that he grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. It makes me ask the question, how did Saul prove that Jesus is the Messiah? There's a lot of things that I could prove to you today. I can prove to you that if I take two and two and put them together, it becomes four. I can prove that our church musicians are much better musicians than I am, but I won't inflict that on you this morning. I can prove to you that in order to be able to live, I need to be able to breathe. Uh, I won't reenact that one to you either. But can I really, truly prove to you that Jesus is the Messiah? So often the Christian faith of any faith is belittled for how unrational it is. How how could Saul possibly, intellectually, tangibly prove that Jesus was the Messiah? Well, I think he can prove this in two ways. First of all, we know that Saul was a clever guy. He'd gone through Pharisee school. He'd come top of the class. He knew the scriptures inside out. He'd memorized them. He could teach about them. He could talk about the Old Testament as well as anyone. He was an expert in the scriptures. So it's likely that Saul used his mind and his training and his knowledge of the scriptures to point to Jesus and say, this is Jesus. The whole of the Old Testament has been pointing to this man and he is now here. I've met him and you can too. Saul used his mind. He used his skill. He used his abilities to teach and to demonstrate who Jesus was. Saul found a new purpose for proving, of proving who Jesus is to all around him. And we all share that same purpose too as we live out our lives for Jesus. We all have minds and abilities and gifts that enable us to prove Jesus to those around us. We might not necessarily be intellectual superstars like Saul was, but we still can use our Uh, gifts and our abilities to be able to prove who Jesus is. But even if we can use our gifts and abilities, even if people don't want to listen to how the scriptures prove Jesus is, there's another way that we can prove who Jesus is too. And that is by sharing our story about living out who the difference that Jesus has made in our lives that people might see it. Verse 21 tells us that all who heard Saul as he teached were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? The crowd were not just blown away by Saul's intellectual arguments, but they were blown away as they saw Saul's story. They were astonished as they saw the difference that Jesus had made to Saul's life. How do you prove Jesus? Well, if you've met Jesus, you are the proof that Jesus needs, that the world needs. Before I became a Christian, you might be shocked to hear that I was actually quite quiet, quite shy, didn't have a lot of self-confidence. I shared with our church members meeting a couple of uh, 
was it a week ago now, um, that whilst I was on sabbatical, I met up with one of the old pastors of uh, the church where I grew up as a teenager. And he looked at me and said, Matt, we'd never have imagined that you'd become a church leader. And I said, that makes two of us. Um, but God has somehow brought me to this place in my story. As I met Jesus, I found a new purpose as I lived my life for him. As I stepped into that purpose, God changed me. He formed me. He gave me new gifts, new confidence, new abilities that I would have never thought I would have been previously able to do. That's my story. But what is your story? You don't have to become the Apostle Paul in order, or, or a church leader in order to find your purpose in life with Jesus. But people will be able to see the difference that Jesus has made in your life since you met him. So what would people see different in you? Maybe they will see a new attitude in how you live your life. Maybe they'll see your love and compassion for those that you have around you. Maybe they'll see your gifts and talents forming and developing in new ways that they couldn't have imagined possible previously. Maybe they'll see how devoted you are in just living your life for Jesus and serving him through his church and in other ways. Your story is the greatest way that you can share Jesus, the greatest way that you can prove Jesus. St. Francis of Assisi famously said that as followers of Jesus, we should preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. That's as true for Saul as it is for us today. As we meet with Jesus, our lives shine out into the darkness of our world. People should see Jesus in us so that without us even saying a word, they can see the difference that Jesus has made in our lives. So how can you share Jesus? How can you prove Jesus to those around you? What has changed in you that people who know, knew you before you met Jesus would look at, back at you and stop, be stopped in their tracks and just say, what's changed in their life? What's their story? Recently, I was reading a book where the writer shared his story, and he said this. He was American, in case you can guess what the link is. Uh, he said this. I was a beer-drinking, girl-chasing, hell-raising frat boy, and then I was a Jesus freak. When I met Christ... I became a different person, forgiven, transformed, new. Everyone who was on that campus when that hell-raising frat boy became a Christian knew that something had changed in his life. His life had changed. He was living with a new purpose. He was living his life for Jesus. As Saul shared his faith and proved the scriptures and pointed people to Jesus as the Messiah, verse 23 tells us that after many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy to kill Saul. And it's helpful here to understand a little bit of the context as we consider this passage together. 
Later on, when uh, the Apostle Paul, also known as Saul, is writing to the church in Galatia, he tells uh, us uh, and the church there in Galatia that he did not just stay with that group in Damascus uh, for a prolonged period of time. He didn't go rushing off to go meet with the church leaders in Jerusalem, but instead, Saul tells us that he went into Arabia and later then returned to Damascus. This is Galatians chapter 1, if you want to follow along. In other words, it's thought that after Saul's initial time in Damascus, he spent two years in Arabia before he then returned to Damascus and then got chased out the city. So why did Paul, or Saul, go to Arabia? Some think he might have gone off on a preaching journey and gone and shared the good news of who Jesus is with all those around him, and he may well have done. But it's also highly likely that there's another reason that Saul went to get away uh, from uh, Damascus and all that he was doing there. The model that Jesus taught his disciples was that they first of all spent time getting close to him and growing in their faith with him before they then went out and fulfilled their God-given purpose and went and served him in the places that Jesus was calling them to. And it's highly likely that this is what Saul was doing. He was retreating in order to get into the presence of Jesus before going out to live out his lifelong purpose um, for Jesus in the world. In Jesus, we all have a new purpose in life. But before we step out, we first of all need to step in. We need to step into the presence of Jesus. We need to learn from him, be shaped by him. We need to hear him. We need to open our hearts to him. We need to surrender our lives to his plans. We can't go anywhere until we know where it is that Jesus wants us to go. If you cast your minds back to a couple of weeks ago in, in verse 16 of Acts 9, uh, Jesus says to Ananias that he will show Saul how much he must suffer for him as he follows Jesus. Could it be that that revelation happened whilst it, Saul was in Arabia? Listen to another part of uh, Galatians chapter 1. It's on the screen if you want to follow along with me. Saul writes that this message of Jesus is not just something that he's made up. But he says, I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Was that why Saul was in Arabia? Before Saul stepped out into his new purpose, he stepped into the presence of Jesus. He stepped in before he stepped out. What has God laid on your heart? Where do you want to step out? Where is he asking you to make a stand? Where is he calling you to go and live your life for him? Before you step out, will you step in? As you step out, it might mean that you get chased out of the city like, like it did for Saul as he returned to Damascus. But if you first step into the presence of God, if you know that Jesus is with you, if you know that is where he's calling you to go, you can be confident that no matter what life throws at you, it will never overcome you.
if you are wondering what your purpose is this morning, can I ask you a question? When was the last time you stepped in? When was the last time you just focused on being in the presence of God, of hearing what he was saying to you? When did you last ask him to show you how he wants you to step out, to live your life for him, to live the rest of your story for him? Are you in a rush for action? Or are you willing to step back and first step in before you step out? Jesus changed Saul's life. He gave him a new purpose. And what is true for Saul is true for us today as well. As I found Jesus, I found a new purpose for my life. As Suli found Jesus, she found a new purpose for her life. And if you've met Jesus today, it won't be long before he gives you new purpose in your life as well. So what is your story? What is it that you live your life for since you've encountered Jesus? How can you share that story? How can you share Jesus with those around you? Since I met Jesus, my life changed and he gave my life purpose. And that can be all of our story too. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for the way in which you've revealed yourself to us and also for the way in which you invite us to live out our lives for you, to go on to the rest of a journey with you and step into that purpose that you have for us. And Lord, this morning we want to step into your presence. We want to know where it is that you are leading us, that we might then be faithful and in turn step out into where you are calling us to go. We pray that through us, you would reveal who you are, that you would prove and reveal yourself, that people might be astonished as they encounter you through us, your people. Regardless of what it is that's our purpose, regardless of what it is that we do, we want to live our lives grounded in who you are and, that you ha- and the love that you revealed to us all. And so, Lord, we pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us forward. May we know your hand leading us and guiding us throughout our lives. And may we continue to build our lives upon the firm foundation of who you are, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.